So our community's in shock. It's almost beyond belief what's happened over the last four days. Not in some other city across our country, not in some other city far from us, but our own city, our own community. Incredible pain, incredible loss and grief from the shooting and then right into the devastation of the fires. How many times have you cried out to God yourself? That's one of the key things I kept saying is, God, have mercy. Have mercy on us. Lord, we need your help. And that's going to continue to happen as we realize the devastation around us and we realize the pain that remains in people's hearts. Lord, more mercy. We've never been more emotionally and physically overwhelmed as a community than right now, that's for sure. Aren't you totally exhausted right now just sitting here? In just about every capacity, you just feel depleted and worn and off, numb, overwhelmed, maybe anxious, all those things, all those feelings. Totally normal, broken, vulnerable, fragile, out of control, tearful, thinking of the horror of these lives that were lost and the impact on family and friends or lost homes. God, help us. And at the same time, we hear stories of heroism and sacrifice or a loved one that was spared or a home that was spared, and we say, thank God. God, help us, and thank you, Lord, for his presence, for his help, for all of the protection and the safety he gave to so many and to all of us. Thank you, Lord. But now to start the process of recovery and healing. For some, their lives will never be the same, will they? They won't get back to normal. Their life and family will always be different for them, no matter what. For others, they long to return as quickly as possible to predictable daily routines we tend to run to denial in times like this because it's so overwhelming. But for all of us, as we process these events, and as we seek the Lord for healing of our hearts and those around us, and that'll be a long process, we look to the one who can heal. We look to the one who does offer hope. To find joy and peace again. Even as waves of sadness or grief or anxiety hit us unexpectedly, and they will. We'll see a Facebook post. We'll see someone in a grocery store. We'll get a call. And you'll say, what happened? And tell me your story. And we'll grieve all over again. And that's okay. But these kind of times, we don't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and pretend things will just be okay. We have to turn to the one who can give us peace and comfort in the midst of the pain. When anxiety or grief hits, when sadness won't go away, we have to keep looking to God. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look to the character of God. We're going to look to the promises of God. We're going to look to the things that do not change 
Because everything around us can change. We've just discovered that like never before. There's no guarantee someone will be there tomorrow or our house will be there tomorrow. That used to just be something we thought and maybe said out loud. But when it comes to your own community, it's come home in a very, very real way. But we can count on God to never change, to always be there, to be the sturdy, everlasting hope that every human heart needs. That's why we were created to know him and to have that sturdy hope. Because in this world, you'll have trouble. But Jesus came to overcome evil and overcome the world and to give us sturdy, strong hope and strength for what we face in this world. So we're going to look at a number of scriptures. And I printed them out on a sheet of paper. And if you didn't get one, would you just throw your hand up? The ushers have, have some extra copies. We'd love for every one of you to have one. It'll be the ones that I share this morning and I pray it's ones that you'll keep close by. Put them up on your fridge. Somebody told me this thing is going right up on my fridge when I get home. Um, or, you know, take it in any form. Send it. Take some pictures. Send it out on Instagram. Just start bringing the promises and the hope of God to people that are in despair and so troubled and so sad. So these will be verses and promises we'll hold on to and then ones that we can share. Everyone got a copy? Okay. Find hope and strength in God. Psalm 62. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people, Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Our soul gets so troubled so quickly with tragedy like this. We long for this hope, this sense of peace and normality, normalcy, just normal routines to come back so quickly. We long for something sturdy. Jesus is our rock. We long to know that we have a place to pour out our hearts God tells us through the psalmist, he is that place. He is that person that we pour our hearts to. That he's the refuge that we run into. The fortress, the rock, the foundation on which all the promises of God are built. That Jesus came into this world to be the very hope of the world, the light of the world. To give light to people's individual lives and to their heart. To bring forgiveness and grace and mercy into them. Because we understand that God is good, but there's evil in the world. There's evil in our own hearts. There's sin in our own hearts. We have our own issues to bring to God because we're not always perfect and perfectly loving and perfectly kind. And we can do all manner of things ourselves. And we need to bring our hearts to God and say, God, would you forgive me and come in and now bring your goodness about in me because it's your goodness and your goodness in and through me that overcomes the evil around and gives me the goodness to reach out and comfort others that are troubled by that or may not know God yet or know what to do with evil, their own and others around them, the evil that surrounds them and it's overwhelming. But there's hope, salvation to be found in Jesus Christ, our rock, the one that we can count on, that we trust in at all times, O oh people. The psalmist reminds us to always look to him at all times, pouring out our heart, because our hope is in Christ alone.
in God alone. He invites us. I love that picture. A father inviting his son, a father inviting his daughter to come with all of their need and to pour out all of their emotion, all that they're feeling, pouring it out to God. He can understand. He can handle it. Our hardest emotions, God can handle. God already knows. He wants us to be able to give those to him, trusting him to be the sturdy rock that we know we're not because we get shaken, don't we? We've been so shook by all that's happened. And more of that's to come, really, because there's more that we'll find out and the fires aren't gone yet. And, and yet we can have our sturdiness and our strength in Christ, the one who isn't shaken. And in him, the psalmist says, I will not be shaken because he is my fortress and my refuge. Praise the, God. Praise the Lord. And then Isaiah, we see the prophet giving us a couple more promises that build strength in our heart. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How many times have you needed, needed the righteous right hand of God to uphold you in the last few days? That's what he's there for to turn to, to cry out to, to hold on to, to say, God, uphold me. I need that strength. I'm fearful. Without you, I'm dismayed. But you are my God. You said you'd strengthen me. God, I call out to you for strength. And then Isaiah 40, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the who? The faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. How many times have you felt faint? How many times do you think people around you are growing weary, feeling like there is no hope, there's nothing they can count on anymore in this world? They need strength. God said, I'm the everlasting God who spoke creation into existence through my very word. I'm the one who gives hope. I give strength when you are fainting. I understand your weakness, but can give you an increase in strength. Great promises to hold on to. At every turn, his very presence and strength. And a few more promises in the Psalms and then in the Gospels. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I was talking to uh, Brent earlier, and he said, you know, the winds hit, and as soon as the winds hit, the fires were like right there. It was so quick. He said it was just so quick. It was just like on us. It's like that shooting just came on us, and then that immediately again, then the fires just came on us, and we're, we're in the midst. God's not surprised by any of that. God is ready to respond immediately as we cry out to him at any moment of any day, our entire life, and especially times like this. He says he's a very present help in the midst of trouble. You say, where was God in all of this? Where is God even now with these fires? Or where was he in that nightclub? Well, we have reports of those even that were turning to God in the midst of the shooting and helping others and being doing incredibly courageous things and one, one gentleman or one young man that was a believer said he understood where he was going. So even, obviously, if he lost his life then, at least he could save others because he knew he had this relationship with God. God was present. God was working. 
God was sparing life. I can't imagine how many more lives could have been lost. Where was God? He was right there. Where is God? He is right here. Where will he be next week as we continue to deal with, our, with us? All we have to do is realize his very present help in trouble and call out to him. He longs to be our strength. He longs for us to cry out to him, humbling ourselves before him, asking for his strength. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, Come to me, all who are labor, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. And he says, Rest for your souls, the deep soul rest that people need. They may not be able to replace their home, they may have lost a loved one, but the rest that they need, the peace that they need, the hope that they need deep in their heart. Jesus said, come to me for that. I'm the one who gives that. That's why I came, to be that for you, to give that to you, so that you wouldn't despair and live in this darkness, but that the light and forgiveness of Christ would fill your heart for all your life and for eternity. So we take those burdens. We take what is heavy laden on us, those emotions, and we roll those on to God. We don't let them crush us because they will. Many have felt crushed. You may be feeling crushed right now, emotionally or physically or spiritually, but you just take that and you say, God, it's so bigger than, so much bigger than me. I can't handle this, Lord. I, I roll my need to you. I give you all of my need, this burden that's on my heart, these thoughts that I have that, are discouraging. I just roll all those onto you, God. Take those burdens so that I can walk trusting you. Come to me, Jesus said. Are you going to him? Are you finding rest for your soul in him and his promises and his love? He welcomes you to do that. If you haven't been, do it right now. Go to Jesus. Give him the burdens of your heart and the needs of your heart and the needs of your friends, the needs of this community. And he'll lift those burdens and he'll replace that with his peace and his rest in our soul. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Throw it to God. Anxiety, man, this, what's happened these last few days triggers people's anxiety those that struggle with it particularly, they get so quickly overwhelmed. Those of us that may not as, as often are, are, are feeling the anxiety now and it's, it is overwhelming. And he says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for us. Let's make sure we do that. We don't live in the anxiety. We don't choose to dwell in the anxious thoughts about what if and, and if that had happened or what might happen next or the next tragedy. We just put our focus on him. We cast that anxiety to him that he even wants it. It's crazy, right? But he says, he can handle that. Get it off of your heart and your mind. Give it to God because he cares for you. He personally loves you and cares for you. Give him the anxiety. Give him the burden. Let Jesus give you himself and the strength of his Holy Spirit. So find hope. Find strength in God. He's the one, God alone, who is the source of all strength and hope and comfort. He's unchanging. He is the mighty rock in our refuge. We can trust him at all times. We don't have to live in fear or be dismayed because he is our God. 
His righteous right hand will uphold us. He will continue to increase our strength. Be our very present help in trouble. Lift the labor or the burdens that cause us to labor in our own strength and he'll give us his rest to always know that he'll care for us. And as you do that, and as you do that daily and many times during the day, you'll be doing this, I pray, many times throughout this day. You just call out in the name of the Lord. Give him that anxious thought. Give him that fear. The sadness, Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Remind me of your goodness so that I have that strength. That I'll be joyful about who you are to me and that you don't change like things I see in this world all the time. That you're the good God. You're the only God and you are so good and so full of all that I need and you put your eyes and your focus there. And as he gives you that hope and that strength in your spirit, you will have something now to share with others. You'll have been comforted by God. And that goes very deep. And you'll now be able to point other people to the comfort that's found in Christ. The hope that's found in God alone. The one that is that strong fortress and mighty rock that won't change. And that's where we go next. Comfort others with the comfort that God gives you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In these verses, the Apostle Paul is reminding us that God is a loving Heavenly Father, that He is full of mercy, full of comfort. He'll never run out. He is the source of it. God Himself is comfort and He gives comfort. God Himself is merciful and He gives mercy. Whatever our affliction, and there are many, whatever our trouble, and we've encountered so many we can't count in these last days, God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ will come to our aid to bring His calm in the midst of the storm, to calm the waves and the winds, to comfort our heart. And once our hearts have been filled with His peace, and you keep praying and you keep casting your anxiety until you have his peace. It may come quickly in a prayer. You may need to get on your hands and knees and just cast your burden and pour out your heart for minutes or hours. But when his peace comes, when you know you're holding on to his strength, you're focused on his hope, then you have something to give others. When he's comforted you, and you know you've received it. He says then that same comfort is what you take and give to other people in the name of Christ. That's supernatural. That's when you know it's beyond you just trying to say some nice word to somebody. You help them understand, or you receive the comfort of God for yourself, and then you help them understand how they can also access this comfort of God in their lives. You can share a promise that you've been holding on to. You can share the hope that you're holding on to. You can explain how God is seeing you through the sadness or the difficulty or the heartbreak or the loss, whatever it may be. And that's the very thing they need is to hear it through your life and your story because they know you. They know you. And when you say you've gotten that from God and he has comforted or strengthened you, and you're walking sturdy, even in the midst of the crazy stuff going on. 
it will show up as different than what they see in the world. And that's what we want. We want people to see Christ in us. And then in Romans 12, in 1 Peter 4, we're told to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So when we come alongside people to bring that comfort, it's very important, just cry those tears with them. You'll have your own tears or you may have tears for them. You weep alongside them. You don't try to deny the horror of what's happened or the difficulty, you just weep with them. You don't have to have the words or the solutions. You can have the promises of God and your own witness, your own experience, your own comfort that God's been bringing you. You just tell them about that. You may be listening for most of the conversations and just being tearful alongside them, but the Lord will give you the right words at the right time. He'll give you a promise to share. You might have a conversation. You might just say, you know, I get a lot of help in going to this church and you tell them about Cornerstone and you invite them to come. You never know when someone's ready and surely people are ready and needy now more than ever. It's a time to bring the focus to Christ, isn't it? It's the time to be bold and say, God is comforting and strengthening me and he can do that for you. Jesus, when... His friend Lazarus died. You know, he went to be with the family and they all wept together. We see that verse in scripture, Jesus wept. Jesus, Jesus wept over Jerusalem as people didn't want to turn to God and realize he was the Messiah and could find hope and forgiveness and eternal life. It caused him to weep. He weeped when he lost his friend Lazarus and he saw the pain of those that lost Lazarus as well. Even though he knew he would raise him from the dead, hours later, he still, he wept. He, he mourned with those who were mourning and he brought this great comfort and hope and then displayed his power afterward that they could have hope that they would too be raised in eternal life if they were in Christ. He's the sympathetic high priest. He understands he brings compassion to us so we can bring that compassion to a hurting friend or family member. He wipes our tears so that we can go out and wipe the tears of others. And also rejoice as we see them get a glimpse of who God is for the first time. Or rejoice as he makes the provision in their life or in your life. Or as we rejoice over this God who is good and provides and gives hope and salvation to anyone. And he's given it to you. There's much to rejoice about. But we mourn and we weep. And we come alongside people and point them to Christ. And there will be those times of rejoicing as well. And you love one another deeply from the heart. Above all, love each other deeply. The Holy Spirit will direct you as you get next to people. You'll know how to do that. You won't have to figure it out. You won't have to make it up. It's just the Holy Spirit will show you how you can sacrifice to show them Christ's love in deep, powerful, personal ways that they need. You just have to say, God, I'm available. And you go on the power of the Holy Spirit, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he'll give you what you need when you're there. You don't have to figure it out in advance, which is very freeing. Just be present, be available, be willing to love others deeply. Be willing to mourn with them as they mourn. And God will give you powerful words, powerful actions that will point them to this Jesus who is their hope.
And then lastly, you know, there's this passage in Philippians that so many people know when they get anxious, they should turn to God and pray. And I wanted to talk about this for a few minutes and be kind of our, our way that we're going to pray today as we close. And as you can then walk in the power of prayer and the power of his promise, it's in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So instead of giving in to fear or anxiety and people are doing it all around you, you may have done it. You just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to start going into the fear and the anxiety that I'm prone to. I'm going to call out on the name of God. I'm going to thank him for being good in the constant, my fortress, my refuge, the one who doesn't change, who's compassionate, who will heal me, who will comfort me. God, I need that. And you go to him instead of going to your anxiety or to the what-ifs or to your fears or to the fears of others. Sometimes there's someone else's fear and then we had started adopting it in our own heart. God says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. We have the every situations going on right now. Let's call out to God together. What do you say? Let's be the ones that do what God is inviting us to do and commanding us to do so that we experience his comfort when we've never needed it more so that then it can be flowing through us to other people. We do it with thanksgiving. We present our requests. And then and only then will God's peace guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Then and only then. Your mind cannot be guarded by the peace of God if you let anxiety reign and just kind of go through your head and your mind all day long. Now, what's going to guard your mind right then? And it's not a guard. It's, it's the enemy. The enemy of anxiety and fear is going to rule your mind. And then it's going to come out your life for sure. Only when you bring your thanksgiving and your prayer and your request to God will he then send the guard, the Holy Spirit, to guard your mind. All those thoughts that can get crazy and sad and all that. He'll guard that so that you have God's peace in your mind. And then he'll guard your heart so that your emotions are under the control of the Holy Spirit, not under fleshly control, the control of the world or whatever's going out there. It's God guarding your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus beyond your ability to understand it. You won't understand it. Others won't understand how you could even have the peace that you're saying that you have. You just point him to Jesus. You don't even have to try to explain it to him. You just go, it's just a promise of God. There's just this verse. I just do it and I get this peace and it guards my mind and my heart and it's made such a difference today. Just keep it right in the day. It made such a difference today. It made such a difference when I was at work and I started talking to so-and-so who lost someone. Or It made such a difference. It's made such a difference this week or this month. And you rehearse that simple promise that anyone if they come to God through the Son, Jesus, that can find peace, they can find peace for their mind and their heart that'll be beyond their ability to understand it. Trusting him, looking to him, just childlike faith. Just like a child, he says, we must have faith like children, Jesus said. So we simply come with our needs instead of turning to ourselves and our anxiety and our own human solutions and we turn to God, crying out to God, and he sends his peace to guard our mind and heart. What a promise. And people need that. And then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So after you pray and you give God your anxieties and your needs and you're thanking him for who he is and that he, can, he wants those and he can do something about those needs, then you refocus your mind and you don't get back into the anxious thoughts. You don't get back into the things that take you down the wrong path and into worry and fear or your own insecurities. You keep your mind focused on the things of God, heavenly things. That's what it means to be heavenly minded. And actually, when you're heavenly minded, you can be of some earthly good. If you're focused on anxiety and the hardship and the struggle and the pain, and you're just swallowed up by that all day long, you will not be a conduit of the comfort and the help and strength of the Holy Spirit. But if you then take your mind and you say, okay, now I need to think about those things that are right and noble and pure and lovely and admirable, things that are excellent and praiseworthy, the things of God. And Lord, I want to be myself noble and right and pure and lovely. I want to have the loveliness of Jesus to offer. Not just another statement about, oh, it's horrible and it's fearful and yeah, it's, it's really bumming me out too and all that. It's I can bring something different now. I can acknowledge all that's true. I'm not in denial. It's horrible. We can talk about the facts of what happened and the grief and the pain, but we have something higher to offer now because we're placing our mind on the things of God. These great promises that are true and excellent and praiseworthy and strong and good and they're noble thoughts and they're great promises. We have something to bring people and praise the Lord that we do. So instead of being anxious about anything or in any situation, we, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we go to God, his peace overwhelms our mind and heart, and then we keep our minds focused on those things that are good and true and praiseworthy and right and noble and lovely, and all those promises of God, and we go out in the strength of God to be helpful to his great work of building his kingdom and reaching more people for Christ, that they would have this hope that we have. Instead of being overcome by evil, we overcome evil with good. We talked about that last week. With God's help and in his strength. We focus on our great hope, which is having faith in Christ for salvation. We share that hope with others in this world, regardless of where they're at, what they're going through, and who they are, this great hope that only is found in this world in Jesus Christ. Do you have this hope? Do you have this hope in your own heart? You've seen like never before that you can't count on people or possessions or property to be there. You can count on God to be there. You hope all those things will remain in for years and years to come, of course. We all do. But you need to know the hope that's found in Christ when God says our hope is in him alone. It's so true. Do you have this hope in Christ? John 3.16, you may know this verse. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe in God's only son, Jesus Christ, and what he accomplished on that cross for you? If you do, and you've placed your faith there, now you have this sturdy, everlasting hope. You have everlasting life in his name. You can stand in the strength of Christ no matter what swirls around you and what devastating things happen in this world or even to your world. And he will be your strength and you will not lose hope and you will be sustained to the end because that is his promise. But have you the hope? 
Do you have that hope in Christ? And if not, I want to just give you an opportunity to just reach out to God for his hope and his forgiveness that's found in Christ. We'll do that in a minute as we pray. And then you can know this sturdy, everlasting hope. And you can have all of this comfort, all of this strength, all of these promises true for you. And you'll learn how to share it with others. That's the hope that the world needs. That's the hope that the human heart needs. I'm going to ask Jason to come on out and we're going to uh, have a closing song. During the song, it's a time to just pour out your heart to him. We'll have an offering. Uh, if you're visiting, that's not for you. That's for the family of Cornerstone. But I just invite you to pour out your heart. The prayer team's going to be on the sidewall. If you guys would come up right now and be available and encourage you to bring any of your needs, if you have someone on your heart to pray for or yourself or any needs that you have, to come to ask God to be your hope in Christ and to pray. Whatever those needs are, prayer team will be available. Uh, I encourage you just to come and pray, even right now, to pour out your heart to God, right? Pour out your heart to him right now in prayer. He hears you. He wants you to speak with him. So let's do that right now. Oh, Father in heaven, You've seen all of the grief and the sorrow, the loss of life, the loss of property. You've seen our hearts break. These things have broken your heart. You have been very present in the midst all around us, Lord. You live in us through your spirit. You've brought so many hope. You've brought us hope. You're bringing us hope. And we're so grateful, God. We ask you now, to invade our hearts and our minds with your comfort and your love. That you'd strengthen us, Lord, as we cry out to you. We're so weak and fragile right now. We're overwhelmed, but God, you're not. We come to you for your strength. Can you thank him for being your fortress, your refuge, your rock that will not change? that he's given you all of these promises today that will be a foundation for your life and for your future. Thank you, Lord. But if you don't have this hope in God through his son Jesus, would you just cry out to him from your heart? God, would you forgive me? I need forgiveness like all people need forgiveness. Forgive my sin, Lord. Come into my life. Take my wrongs and bring your righteousness into my heart, into my life and my choices. Thank you that I can be a child of God. Forgive me. Fill me through your Holy Spirit. Thank you that I'm a child of God now. Let someone know that you prayed that prayer, that you invited Christ in your life so they can encourage you. And Father, now I pray that you, through your spirit, would encourage every heart here to just speak so tenderly and honestly from their heart, to pour out their emotions to you, to cry out for the help that they need, the wisdom they need. We do that now, Lord. Receive our worship, hear our prayers, O oh God.